Welcome to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where I share inspiring stories of ordinary people who walk out God's Word and discover radical results along the way. Now, most of the time on Walk It Out, I am honored to talk to some people that I know, friends that I've known a while, people that I've connected with in real life, and I just love being able to share them with my audience. Well, today's guest is someone that I haven't met in person, but I actually discovered her online. And this is the first in my series to deal with calming angry kids, which is my new book, with David C. Cook Publishing. So today's guest is Janine Halloran, and I found her on her wonderful website, which is called Coping Skills for Kids. And I was especially interested in one of her products, which is called the Discovery Deck. And it's Coping Skills for Kids Coping Cue Cards. So you work with your kids ahead of time, you give them ideas of ways they can help calm themselves, ways they can help cope, and they plan ahead of time and then figure out what might help them. So it might be sensory things. It might be even becoming distracted, playing with something else, learning to relax. And so these are wonderful cards. And when I saw these, I was so excited because one of the first things that I learned when I took my kids to trauma therapy is that they need to be taught how to calm themselves. And I think, you know, so many times we think if you get angry, there's those familiar things like count to 10, um, take, you know, take a deep breath, um, go be by yourself, go punch a pillow. I mean, there's so many things I think that we learn naturally growing up, but sometimes kids that have faced trauma or just have a hard time dealing with their anger need other ideas. And I first learned this through one of the therapists and she had us make a calming bag for one of my kids and so I put things in there like bubbles and play-dohs and she painted a picture of this wonderful magical place I think it was just like cuckoo land or unicorn cuckoo land I can't remember exactly but she would take that photo out and she would picture herself in this wonderful place filled with rainbows and unicorns and cotton candy and this therapist taught my daughter how to calm herself and in the heat of the moment when it could be she's upset with me or upset with a sibling or situations happening, she could go find her calming bag and um, be able to go through the different things and help calm herself. And this was so helpful for me as a parent. So when I saw Janine's discovery deck and she even had more ideas and cards and ideas for kids to be able to calm themselves, I knew I wanted to talk to her. I knew she's someone that uh, taught the same type of things that I had learned in therapy. And so I was super excited about that. Um, But before we get into my conversation with Janine, I also want to mention that I have a free email series that I'm doing with my publisher, which is David C. Cook Publishers. And it's just mini podcasts. And it's a free series talking about my book, Calming Angry Kids. And I will have the link to that in the show notes. Um, And you can 
find the show notes anytime by just going to walkitoutpodcast.com and I'll include a link to that a free email series. I think it's a series of five emails, but the last one talks about how to have a um, coping bag or a calming skills bag or a calm bag, anything that you want to call it. And it tells about how to put one together. So I'm going to tell you about that resource. Um, also in the show notes, you will find the first chapter of my book, Calming Angry Kids. So that's a special bonus for you listeners. You just go to the show notes again at walkitoutpodcast.com and you'll find information about that and everything else that we talked to. But uh, nothing else I have to say. Now just introduce my guest, who is Janine Halloran. Well, welcome to Walk It Out, and I have a special segment, and this is the first one of that segment, and it's to go along with my book, Calming Angry Kids. Um, As most of my listeners know, we adopted seven kids in a five-year span, most of them from foster care, so um, we went from not really having to deal with too much anger from our biological kids to all of a sudden, oh my goodness, what am I going to do with these children? So over the next month, I'm going to be talking to parents and professionals and people that can just guide us and help us as we learn to deal with anger in our children and sometimes our own anger as we um, feel the anger arising within us as our kids get angry. So today's guest is a new friend that I'm just talking to for the first time today and I'm so excited because I love her resources and I love all that she's doing. So Janine Halloran is a mom of two, a licensed mental health counselor, and she's worked with families for over 15 years. So welcome, Janine. Thank you so much for having me, Tricia. I'm so glad that you're here. And I just have um, appreciated what you're doing from afar. But I would just love for you to just share a little bit about uh, what you do and a little bit about your family with my listeners. Sure. So as you said, I am a licensed mental health counselor in the state of Massachusetts, And I've been working in a lot of different places over the years with children, adolescents, and their families. So I did a lot of work in elementary schools and middle schools and even with high school students just as the school counselor in the building. And then I also did some private um, counseling with clients, um, individual and small group counseling with teens and children. And right now, I still actually continue to do that as I run my business. Um, so a few years ago, I actually started a couple of different businesses because I am that type A personality that just <laughs> can't do one thing at a time, right? So um, I started a business called Encourage Play about helping those kids who are struggling with social skills learn how to interact with others in a playful way. But what I noticed is that one of the things that was getting in the way for kids was being able to manage themselves. It wasn't so necessarily about being able to learn how to interact in a group. I mean, there was some of that, but then other times it was, I'm having a hard time managing my own emotions. That kid is having a hard time managing their own feelings. So they couldn't actually interact with the kid because they had to learn to self-regulate. So I ended up starting a whole other sort of separate but related business, Coping Skills for Kids, to help kids learn how to deal with stress and anxiety and anger in safe and healthy ways to make it so that you will be able to manage the world in a healthier way, you know? Absolutely. And I think so many times, I know as a parent, we adopted kids from foster care. I just had no clue 
about any of it, about the anxiety, about the anger, about the stress. Um, once we, you know, started welcoming kids into our home, I remember our first little girl, she was five at the time. And she says, I don't like go to sleep. And, you know, we, we would struggle with bedtime. And finally, I just kept asking more questions. She says, I never know where I'm going to wake up. Um, cause she'd been moved around so much in foster care. She, she didn't know what house she's going to be in and there's all this anxiety, but you know, that those are foster care, but there's other kids that are, you know, with their biological parents that are still also dealing with anger and stress. What are you seeing in kids today? So, you know, I've been doing some talks in the U S in different areas. And one thing that I keep hearing from all the teachers, all the counselors, all the, you know, related service professionals that work with kids Anxiety is huge. Anxiety is something that teachers are seeing on a daily basis in their classroom. And it's interesting because what happens is sometimes anxiety expresses itself as anger for kids. It just, and it, that's the way it comes out for certain kids. And actually, I have a kid like that. My own biological child is very sensitive, very anxious, but it comes out as anger. So it's it's an interesting thing for um, to be able to sort of treat, try and tease that out. But it is something that teachers are dealing with on a regular basis. It's, it's something that parents are dealing with all the time. My current clients, all based on anxiety, which sometimes does express itself through anger. So it is really it's prevalent. It's a, there's a lot of kids who are out there and struggling with anxiety and anger and just dealing with these big feelings and not knowing what to do. Absolutely. And I think sometimes um, things that I've learned too is other emotions also express themselves as anger. So like sad, oh, um, yeah. sad sometimes shows itself as mad. And I remember one of my teens, she was just for a couple of days was having a really hard time and just mad at me. And I couldn't do anything right, trying to get her to calm down. And finally, you know, after I finally, I'm like, just when you're ready, come and tell me what's going on. Because I just knew that there was something more. And she had had a dream about one of her biological parents and it brought up a lot of sad emotions. And she says, I, I feel sad because um, I miss my biological parent, but then I feel um, anxious because I don't want you to get mad at me. And so we just discussed all these things. And so sometimes, I mean, there's all these other emotions. You mentioned anxiety, but sometimes other emotions really show themselves as anger too. Oh, absolutely. There's actually a great graphic that I like, a graphic um, image that I like to use where there's this anger iceberg. So you think about the iceberg and the top of the iceberg that you can see uh, um, is all anger, but underneath are all these other different feelings that may not be expressing themselves right away, but it just shows as anger. So something like embarrassment, grief, sadness, frustration, it all can come out and express itself as anger, but there's always something underneath. There always seems to be some other layer to what's going on that's underneath the surface that you can't see. Absolutely. And so let's talk about coping skills. Um, and I first found you because I found these amazing cards that you created called coping skills for kids. And then once I got them, I was even more amazed because you did something that I've never seen before. And you've actually split them into different ways of coping. Um, usually because when we took our kids to trauma therapy, you know, all of them created a little um, coping bag and then we'd have Play-Doh and we'd have bubbles and have ideas like wash your hands and run your hands under warm water, like all these ideas to cope. But tell us a little bit about how you saw that different kids like to cope in different ways and how you're able to put that together um, in these cards that will actually help kids learn to cope. 
So actually, this is really interesting. So it actually came very organically. I was running a group with kids. And, you know, as a therapist, you always have these ridiculous long lists of coping skills for kids. Like it's just, you always have them 101 ways to cope with stress, all these different things. And it was sort of challenging to go through a list with um, a group and try and figure out, you know, what are the ways that you cope? What are the ways that you cope? What are the, and for all the different individual kids in the group. And um, I had a girl, actually, she had a little bit of an attitude and I loved her. But she she said, uh, Janine, I just can't figure out how to cope. Like this list is ridiculous. I just, can you please divide it up for me? And so I did. And so what, and I, you know, we sat in the group a little bit and we actually t- very organically talked about, well, wh- how would these all actually, f- what, what sort of ways would they fit into? Like, what would we call this? And we came up with like calming and this, these are more distraction coping skills. And these are more things that we you're talking through and helping us process our different feelings. So it started really organically, but then it's sort of, as I divided it up and then I started using it with kids, um, it continues to grow and expand. So for a really long time, I only had four different ways of coping. So I only had movement, uh, processing, distraction, and relaxation. But then I realized I my son, um, who also is my sensitive guy, he also has sensory processing issues. And so I realized there is this whole other sort of string of coping skills that you could use that are sensory based. Um, And it's based on, you know, wanting a crunchy snack or turning yourself upside down, all the things that like all my occupational therapist friends talk about and um, use with their kids. And they could have fallen into those other categories, but it really felt like it needed to be its own separate category. So it's actually a really organic way of doing things when it comes to sitting down and talking with kids. And so I almost get a sense when I sit and I talk with a kid when I'm in a group or even in a or one-on-one, like what sort of skills are going to work best for you? So I have a little guy and he's got ADHD and he's got some behavioral issues at school. He loves movement. That is his skill. That is where, and that is where we started. Let's figure out some movement things for you to do. So it's, you know, the different ways kids love to play. So, um, are there kids who really love art? Are there kids who really love expressing themselves in a musical way? Well, those are kids that might be, they would really benefit maybe from some relaxation skills from some using some distraction skills that are based on the things that they are interested in. So it's always, it actually makes it easier to try and figure out and where to begin with where, what coping skills a kid could use by thinking of like knowing the child that is sitting across from you, knowing your own child, what are their interests? What are their likes? What do they like to play with? And using that as a basis to sort of help direct where do I start with coping skills? Do I start with processing because they need to talk about a lot of stuff? Do I start with distraction? Do I start with relaxation because they really just need a way to figure out how to calm down and then go from there to be able to build their skills? I just love this so much um, because I'm thinking of my kids. I have uh, six of them still at home and they're all different. (laughs) I probably have, you know, five different ones and then one might be in in with another kid. But it's so amazing. Can you think about, oh, yeah, this kid definitely wants some movement and this kid definitely wants something soft to cuddle or my other 
uh, one of my teenagers loves to sit down and draw. So when she's stressed, she'll sit down and draw and overwhelmed or anger, you know, angry, she'll sit down and draw. But even as I'm flipping through these cards again, under sensory, um, one of the things is turn upside down, which I had never, this is the first time I've ever, you know, thought about that as a coping skill. But one of my kids, when we'll be doing homeschool, all of a sudden she'll be hanging upside down on her chair. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I wonder if she's having a hard time right now. Um, and she's trying to, she realizes that this is going to help her. I never even thought about that before. And I think sometimes something we may, um, that our kids might be using from a coping skill, we might be thinking they're being disrespectful or they're not like making eye contact. Um, so I, I love this, that we can have these and we can show kids. So for a parent who is going to get these cards and that wants to work on coping skills um, with their kids, how would they ahead of time um, sit down and explain it to them? Because it's in the moment. You can't say, okay, here's a crunchy snack. Chew on this. Right. Um, ahead of time, how would they explain it to their child? So I, I love that you pointed out that you would have to start when they're not in crisis because that is, I think, a mistake that some people make. They're they're like, oh, well, let's just pull out the cards right now now that you're yelling at me. I'm like, no, it's not a great time. <laughs> they can't hear you. They cannot listen. They don't, they can't take anything in. They're, I mean, they're panicking. If they're in that like um, heightened fight, flight, or freeze, they can't hear anything. You need to do it when they're calm. So when they are calm, I would bring it out more and be, um, I, I always feel like when par- when you as a parent like sit down and you try to make it like super serious or like a big thing, it turns like kids will be like, what are you doing? As opposed to just being like, oh, look at these different cards and let's see which ones, which ones look interesting to you. So I would have kids just take out the deck of cards and like flip through and see, oh, is that something that is, oh, do you ever try hanging upside down or turning upside down? Have you ever wrapped yourself in a warm blanket? What do you think about that one? And then try and pick just one or two that you're gonna that maybe they haven't ever tried before and try it and see what happens see how they like it so maybe they've never tried chase tracing a pattern before but then take a few moments for a few days and just try and trace a pattern see how that feels to them do they like that feeling is it sort of neutral does it not feel great for them and that can be something that kids can sort of add into their repertoire of coping skills or decide that that maybe isn't the right coping skill for them. Um, the other thing parents can do with the card deck is actually go through and whatever skills they already have, make sure that you take that and like really think and focus on that because it's so important for kids to realize you have ways to cope. Kids usually do. They're not always healthy, but sometimes kids do actually have really healthy coping skills that they don't even realize that they're doing. Like, they may not realize that squeezing a stuffed animal is a really good way to cope with stress or maybe a good way to calm themselves down. They do it already, but they don't recognize it as a coping skill that can help them when they're feeling upset. We have to make that connection for them. Yeah. And I think so many times, um, I think this is helpful for parents too, because as we're going through the cards, we can see, okay, this gives our child a chance to cope with the stress or anger or whatever is going on instead of trying to solve it in the moment. And we, we talked about that. Um, when their emotions are heightened, we're not going to be able to have the conversation about how to calm down or how to, or, or prove our point or, um, you know, try to, 
try to get them to understand our point of view. None of those things are going to happen in the moment. And I think so many times, especially just with our three older kids before I really had to deal with anger, I would feel like I had to sit down and lecture, lecture them. Like in the moment, we before we can get up and leave the room, everyone needs to come to an agreement and offer forgiveness. <laughs> like, yeah. but, but really, it's like, it doesn't have to be solved in the moment. This is a conversation that could happen later, can happen tomorrow. Um, so talk a little bit about that, because I think as parents, we feel like this has to be solved in this instant, or we're failing, and we're not, um, you know, providing the instruction that our children need to know for their future. Right. And it's, it is, as a parent, it's tough, because you're thinking you have all these sort of different pressures that you're facing as a mom or a dad, and you're trying to figure out well, I, I don't want my kid to act like this forever. And how do I fix this right now? It is a process. And I want to, I always emphasize that with the parents. And I tell myself that when I'm working through my own stuff with my own kids, it is a process to teach them. It is a process for them to learn. And right now, if they're in a heightened state, if they are super angry, that is not a teachable moment. You got to look for the teachable moment instead of in that moment where they're having a hard time, where they're being, where they're being overly aggressive or just being really angry and yelling. That's not the time to have the conversation. Maybe the time to have the conversation is tucking in bed at night. That's a time where I talk with my kids a lot, where we're just, where it's quiet and it's calm and they get me one-on-one and we have a chance to sort of decompress from what happened earlier. Talking maybe even to going on a walk sometimes. I do that with my daughter. We'll go on a walk and we'll talk about stuff and we'll figure out what just happened, you know? She's, it's, you know, maybe she and her brother have had gotten into something and, you know, we once everything is calm, I'll say, let's just go on a walk around the block. Let's go on a walk around the neighborhood and we'll just be able to walk and talk about it. And she gets a chance to get me and connect with me. And we get a chance and I get a chance to hear her and hear what's going on for her. It isn't something that we can solve immediately. And I think as people, as parents, we want to be able to solve it immediately and fix it immediately. And we just have to get comfortable with that uncomfortableness. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I I think I love those those times where they are relaxed, like you said, on a walk or sometimes like we're, we're driving in a car. I just had my my twin daughters that are 15. We are just driving to their um, taking stuff to their sister's college, which is a little drive. And, you know, they have their iPods and they want to put a movie on in the car. I'm like, nope, we're just going to talk. And they're like, what are we going to talk about? I'm like, I have no like real thing. You know, I just want to hear what's going on with you guys. And the first like minute was like, okay, we don't know what to talk about, but pretty soon they just started sharing and we talked for an hour, you know? So I think sometimes it's easier to be distracted. It's easier for them to listen to their music. Um, But also I think it's okay to say, just tell me what's going on with you. How was, you know, your weekend with your friend or what did you guys do or, you know, just different things. How was that sleepover, you know, and then things come out that maybe they didn't feel comfortable as you're running around as a mom cooking and doing all the things like trying to bring up. So we do need to create those moments too. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so it's challenging. And I can I mean, it's challenging with two, I can only imagine with seven, it must be a a real like effort goes into making sure that you have that. Absolutely. And then every day, it's like, okay, who's who's going to have be the most needy today? And I think so many times it'll uh, pretty soon it'll rise. We can tell like, okay, this child definitely needs some one on one time. Yep, absolutely. So I love um, I have the deck of cards, the the calming cards, but also on your website, which is just coping skills for kids.com, you have some downloadables. So there's a list of um, 
coping skills. But then also, like, if someone says, you know, oh, for sure, I know that distraction would really help my child, um, they can just print. Is it printable that they can download this and print it up for them to use like that day? Oh, yeah. So um, we have the, di- the physical cards, but we actually it started off as a, phys- as a digital product. So um, they're not quite the same look, but a lot of the same strategies are involved in those digital cards that they can a- absolutely download and print immediately, cut it up and then do the same thing that they would do with the discovery deck, which is just go through and figure out what skills a kid already has, what skills you want to work on and try. And even sometimes I've had kids keep them, you know, if they create a calm corner in their room or a calm space someplace, that that's where they can go and they can have those visuals either on the wall or in a special place that they can look at when they do start to have challenges so that they can learn to manage those feelings in a healthy way. Yeah. And I love that, um, you know, helping kids create that safe place, whether you mentioned a corner of their room or, or different items that they can go to. One of my daughters had a Ziploc bag just with Play-Doh and she had a, a photo, a picture that she had painted of, it was like, I don't know, unicorn cuckoo land. I don't know, something like that, but it was rainbows and unicorns. And she could just like think about her unicorn world, (laughs) which, you know, seems like for me, a unicorn world would not get me to calm down, but it was exactly what she needed. Um, One of my other daughters, when she was five, um, you mentioned uh, watch a snow globe. And one of the things that we created was a glitter jar. So we just had like an old peanut jar that we put water and glitter and that she was able to shake it and look in that and that really helped. So I just love, you know, for each child ahead of time, um, you know, we talk about going through the cards and, and picking it, but also it could be a fun one-on-one time and project to create these together um, and know that, you know, if they say, can I just go get my comp bag or can I go get my jar, that it's just a cue to the parents, like, I just need some space and some time to calm down right now. Absolutely. And it's so interesting you mentioned the unicorn world. Um, and I when I um, worked with a uh, fifth graders, actually, and they were transitioning up into the middle school, I would I would go and I would actually do this coping skills checklist that's on the website, I would use that basically that same checklist with them, and help them figure out what are their skills as they're going up to this really stressful um, next level of education. And so I would always ask, what are your calm places? And it was always fascinating to me. You know, I'd always get ocean or, you know, the lake or, you know, it was a really high, like very wealthy district. So sometimes they'd be like my lake house or whatever. (laughs) I'd always feel like that's ridiculous, but okay, that's fine. Um, But then there were kids who would say, it was always fascinating to me. Different kids have different places that they love to think about. So there was this one girl who talked about um, this imaginary world of like rainbow colored clowns and unicorns and cotton candy things. And she she just described it beautifully. And if you knew this child, it was absolutely what was in her mind. Like you could just see it. You know what I mean? And I had another kid who was who struggled in school, but he was an amazing performer. And he would talk about the stage was a place where he felt absolutely calm and centered. And so that was his calm place where he would go, which were for me, absolutely not. But for him, it was. That's where he got the most success and had the most um, positive feelings. So it it changes for everybody. It's different for everybody. So <laughs> it's good to know. 
Yeah, and then so that's like if you met my daughter, of course, the unicorn rainbow. I'm sure she had cotton candy in there too. I mean, it's yeah. just like her personality. Like everyone, we always joke because anytime we go someplace and they need a, um, someone from the audience to come up to the stage, like she's standing up and raising her hand. I mean, she's so colorful and bright. And um, so, of course, that bright, colorful, fanciful place is a, where she goes to comp. Like my other kids are like, just leave me under a blanket. Yeah. <laughs> Fine, but, but not that. So I just love how these kids are unique. Um, and when we could teach them what brings them calm and when we give them space <laughs> to be able to calm themselves, um, it really makes a difference. So we, we talked about giving our kids space and giving them the tools ahead of time. What else can parents do to really help kids when they're dealing with anger? So I think when kids are really angry, it is tempting to continue to talk with them. I and to try and like get them calm. Sometimes we just need to back off as parents. And it's more about us being able to keep ourselves in a calm spot than to try and calm them down. I it, I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about be the thermostat, not the thermometer. You want to not, you want to be the one who's setting the tone. You don't want to rise and fall with the temperature of what's going on in the house. You want to set it. You want to be the one who is creating a calm space so that other people know it is okay to be calm. It is good to be like, we can calm down together, but knowing that it can, it can get really heightened when kids are really angry. I get it. I've been there. I understand. I've been there professionally and I've been there personally and it's hard to keep your emotions in check. But I think that is what is really the most helpful thing for parents to be able to do to recognize that they need to keep themselves sort of calm and in, and get themselves using their own coping strategies to then be prepared to be able to help their kid when they're re- when the child is ready to have that conversation and they're in a calmer spot too. Yeah, I, I love that so much. Um, I have three older kids that are in their 20s and then um, our adopted ones are 18 all the way down to seven. And I always joke, if we would have just stopped at the top three, I would have just thought I was the perfect parent. Because <laughs> I never really raised my voice and I didn't really yell and I didn't feel these angry emotions. Um, but when you have a child that is just mad at you and is, just knows how to push your buttons. Um, I found found myself trying to um, deal with anger and, and just realizing, okay, I need to work on some of these coping skills for myself. Deep breathing um, was a big one, sending up a prayer, relaxing my hands, you know, softening my shoulders, um, softening the tension in my face when I feel my brow furrow. Um, And so what as what advice do you give for parents when they do feel their emotions rising as they're dealing with their child? So I, you know, though I think being able to identify what coping skills you have in the moment and that you can use and that will be helpful for you um, as a parent is really key. And I think the other thing that parents don't really think about is also self-care. So if you are stressed out already, if you are run ragged already, and then you have a child who's angry and then you're trying to keep yourself calm, that is very challenging. <laughs> so it, I, it, there comes a time when you have to recognize that you need to take care of yourself. And I know it is challenging when you have a lot of kids and you have a lot of things going on and you work and you're doing this and you're doing that. And there's a lot of stuff happening all at once. But even just taking a few moments to focus on what you need will make things run smoothly 
in your life. It will make things better in your life. And I have found this from a personal perspective. When I let my self-care go because I don't have time, quote unquote, I get angry and it is harder for me to manage my own emotions. When I take the time to quilt at night and watch Harry Potter like I did last night, and I'm not yeah. embarrassed to say it because I'm a huge Harry Potter fan, but you know, that those are the sort of things um, that help me. Whatever is going to help you relax, whatever you loved to do as a child, whatever brings you joy, whatever relaxes you and calms you down. Taking a walk yourself with your if you're getting upset, taking a drink of water, being able to put a cold compress on the back of your neck that you know, and being able to also make sure that you are taking time for yourself, taking time with your spouse. Those are really important things, all all in the vein of making sure that you're doing self care. Absolutely, and yeah, I love figuring out what that one thing is for me. I realized like around three or four, I'm just tired. I'm weary. I've been dealing with kids all day, you know, and it's like, okay, I'm going to go lay down. Even if I'm not going to sleep, like relax on my bed, not have my phone there because that doesn't help things, <laughs> but just like relax, lay there. Sometimes I'll nap for 10 minutes, um, but just giving myself like, okay, I just need, my body's been going since this morning. I don't think I've hardly sat down, you know, just giving myself um, time and space to rest is okay. Like, that's, you know, one of the things. And I think another thing that's really helped me is just manage expectations um, and just realize, okay, I have six kids in the house. Now we had seven last year, one's at college, but you know, of course there are going to be arguments throughout the day. Of course there's going to make messes. Um, someone's going to leave their shoes by the front door. Of course, holidays are going to be hard because kids are thinking of, you know, their biological families. I mean, just ahead of time thinking that, these are things that we can be out on the lookout for um, have really helped me a lot. You know, of course, you know, this child um, just they're moving into our home and they've just been in five different foster homes. Of course, they're going to have our time with the rules you know, or whatever. Um, and so expectations has really helped me um, to just be compassionate. I think having empathy and compassion for our kids really goes a long way. Yep. And it's never going to be perfect. I think we have in our brains this, per like, this day is going to be great because everybody's going to follow the directions and nobody's going to get into an argument and dinner will be ready right on time and nothing will burn. That's not life. That's not how life works. <laughs> so to be able to recognize it is okay if things don't go well, and maybe it'll lead to a funny story later on. Um, but it's okay if it's imperfect. That's what's expected. Yes, that is so good. Um, and then also I want to talk about, I think before um, we adopted kids, you know, the I whole idea of going to therapy or going to counseling, like you think, okay, those are people with big, big, serious issues. But I've just come to see that it's so helpful um, with our kids, with ourselves, just to get professional help, someone that can help look at things, help you look at things differently, someone to give you ideas on how to deal with your kids. So I would just love to hear your thoughts about, you know, parents and families being willing to seek help um, from someone that that might provide an insight that they might not have at that moment. You know, it, it, it can feel like um, sometimes I feel like parents feel like they are doing something wrong or they have not done enough as a parent if they feel like they need to seek out help. But I, I think about it like if your child was diabetic, would you not go and see the doctor? If your child had a rash, don't you go and check it out? 
And it's the same thing. If your child is dealing with anxiety, have talk, have them talk to somebody who has experience and the background who knows about what anxiety looks like, who knows about techniques that could help with a, chi- a child manage their anxiety, manage their anger, manage their stress. It's just the same I, as, you know, having a, a challenge with your body. It's a challenge with what's going on with how you're managing things. And it's okay to seek out help. It's okay to to get support. It doesn't mean that you are a bad parent. It actually means that you're really attentive and you're and you're wanting you're seeking out the help. You're doing what you should do as a parent. When something is not going well, you want to try and help support your child in any way possible. That is just another support that you can use to help your child. It's it's actually kind of there's a problem. It's the 2020 problem. I don't know if you've ever um, heard any statistics on this, but there are 20 percent of children who are dealing with mental health challenges, and of that 20 percent, only 20 percent get seen. Oh wow! So it is there is a it's a crisis. There are kids in crisis, and they need support, and it is okay to get it. In any way, shape, or form that works for your family, f- find a professional who's got the experience, who's got the support, who's who can be that sort of part of your team to help support your kid. I always think about it's like a, a a team approach. The parents and the child and the counselor can work together to create a plan where we're all focused on what is going to be best for this kid. How can we best help and support this child? Absolutely. And I think so many times, you know, a professional, a therapist, a counselor can see things that you may not. Um, So one example that I have is one of our our older girls was having a really hard time at bedtime. It would always turn in these explosive moments. And then me and my husband would spend like an hour talking her through these issues. (laughs) And we ended up talking to the therapist about it. She's like, well, she's getting a lot of attention at bedtime, isn't she? And I just realized like, oh, okay. So she goes, she suggested two things. She suggested us taking time at, you know, 15 minutes a different time during the day and sitting down and having just time with her. And um, it could be, you know, cooking side by side or, um, you know, once she like sat down and helped me sort mail. I mean, it doesn't have to be like any big thing. And then she says, and the next time she has that big explosive thing at bedtime just ignore it and it turned in um I won't go to all the details but you know she was just trying everything to get us to join her in her big drama but my husband and I just kept talking and completely ignored it and eventually she went to bed and she never did that again (laughs) is that all it took we've been dealing with this for months these evenings of hours you know talking her through her anger whatever and it just took us giving her time a different time and ignoring that in the moment that it just made a huge difference. And so I'm so thankful that that therapist was able to realize, okay, this is what's going on. And these are some tools that will help. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, there's, I also think it's so parents and children get get into this, you know, you get into a dynamic, and it's sort of hard to break out of it and hard to see outside of what you've what is, is going on, right? So a therapist can do that. And then also sometimes, a kid, you, a kid can say things to a therapist that they wouldn't necessarily say to their parents. And then you, the therapist can communicate it to the parents. It's almost like a, a conduit to be able to start these challenging conversations. I often do that with my clients. We'll say, you know, I'll have a little kid and they'll say, I, I need to talk to my parents about this thing, but I don't know how to start. And I'd say, okay, so we'll come up with a couple of phrases. And then at the end of the session, I'll bring the parents in and I'll say, okay, so he wants to talk to you about this. 
I'm going to say these couple of things. And now you guys can go and have a bigger conversation about it. And it actually does. Then they do, they're doing all sorts of work and having these deeper conversations that they wouldn't have necessarily had, but they don't even, sometimes they don't know how to say it, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Kids don't have the tools to know how to have open communication. Right. (laughs) I I totally get. And, you know, it's almost like I'm translating like kids speak to adults speak in some ways, you know? (laughs) And there'd be times um, with one of our girls that one of their therapists was Miss Kelly. They're like, I just want to talk to Miss Kelly. There is something going on, but I want to talk to Miss Kelly first. And at first I'm like, oh, my feelings are hurt, but she wants to talk to Miss Kelly. But after a while, I'm like, yes, please. Because Miss Kelly was able to help her put her, you know, sort through her thoughts so she could communicate through us. Or like you said, we sit down in the office together and, and help be that translator. You know, I think just seeing that person as your advocate, um, you know, and I always sometimes would be afraid like, oh, what are they going to say about me that I yelled at them yesterday? <laughs> but the therapist is very well the, you know, aware that we're all human. I mean, <laughs> you know, no parent is perfect. No child is perfect. And, you know, the therapist is able to help both. Yeah. Absolutely. And here's the thing. I, I will always be honest. And I tell all of my clients, um, all the adults, I'm like, listen, I am a parent. So I hear you. I know what it's like when you're trying to make dinner and you've come in. Like, I get that. So trust me, I'm not going to judge you for that. Let's come and come up with a plan that's going to work for everybody. That's realistic because you are also, you're very busy. It's, it's a very, it's parenting is challenging. And I just want to, and you want to make sure that people, Parents don't want to be judged. Parents don't want to feel like they're doing something wrong and when they're seeking out help and asking for support. And I always want people to feel like, no, you're not doing anything wrong. Let's just fix the problem that you're having because it's not good for you. It's not good for them. So let's figure out a way that it'll work for everybody. Mm, that's great. Well, I just appreciate just um, connecting with you and hearing your thoughts. I love these coping cards. Um, and I know your website has other resources. What other, because um, I know there's, I mean, I'm looking at these these things. You have video courses. There's so much more <laughs> that we didn't even touch. So why don't you just spend a couple minutes just sharing maybe some of the other resources that um, parents can find from you? Oh, sure. So um, I two other resources that I think parents might find helpful. Um, one is that I have some deep breathing printables. So when oftentimes when we talk about kids taking deep breaths, they don't know what to do. So I created some shapes to help kids be able to take a deep breath by tracing the shape with their finger and following the directions. So even for little ones who can't read, you can read it out loud to them. And then they can trace the shape of the star and take a few deep breaths. They can trace the shape of the triangle and take a deep breath. Or there's a a square and there's also a figure eight on its side, a lazy eight. So that's um, actually one of our most popular products is... um, and it's a free printable that people can get that we have one that's more um, simple for older kids and a little bit more playful for the younger kids with lots of different um, colorful um, graphic images on there. So, and then the other thing that I have that actually is another really popular product. Um, it, I actually wrote a workbook for kids, the coping skills for kids workbook. And so it goes through and it has 75 different kinds of coping strategies that kids can use and just gives kids a quick blurb about what the strategy is and different ways that they can try it and use it. And so it's just another way to help kids try and practice and be exposed to different sorts of um, coping strategies that they could use. And tell me a little bit, because you you mentioned courses too. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm just curious about that. Oh, sure. So I actually have... um, 
what I call create coping skills champions at home. So basically what it does is it's actually designed, the, the at home one is designed for parents so that they can actually go through and really understand and get deep into what are these different types of coping skills? What does that look like? What are some examples of ways that I could introduce it to my child? And then also part of my coping, my create coping skills champions at home course is self-care. I have an entire um, video on self-care. It's not a super long video, but it is an important video so that parents understand this is what I can do to make sure that I'm taking care of myself. But just being able to in, figure out ways that you can introduce coping skills to your kids and work on it on, in a regular way um, throughout the day. There's even um, a playful family activities um ebook that comes with that for free so that that they can practice um, being able to just identify feelings, being silly together, um, working on different ways of deep breathing and all in sort of more playful ways for kids so that they can learn coping strategies. I'm going to be digging into this even more. I just love <laughs> it so much. I love everything that you're doing. And Janine, I just appreciate just you being here today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is such a blast. And know that I'll have links to all this in the show notes so you can just find out um, more at walkitoutpodcast.com. Well, Janine, thank you for being here. And I hope that we have a chance to connect again. Yes, absolutely. Wow. I am so thankful for Janine. I am so thankful for everything she shared um, about her story and about her skills and what she is doing to just help parents and teachers to have resources to be able to help their kids know how to calm themselves. You know, so many times we teach our kids how to tie their shoes and go potty on the toilet and all these things, but we forget about some of the most important things, which is teaching them how to calm their anger. So I'm so thankful for Janine and for her heart and just for her desire to help parents. I know I have been helped for her by her and I will be continue to be helped by her. So I'm thankful for that. Now today's Walk It Out Scripture is actually from Psalm 107 and verses 28 and 29. And it says, Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea are hushed. And I love how the psalm is talking about a physical storm. And even in the New Testament, um, we have showed Jesus calming the storm and calming the waves. But I know from experience that God is available to also calm the storms in our kids. Yes, I, I taught them coping skills. I taught them calming skills. We created calming bags. We've done all these things. But also, I want to remind all of us, including me, re remind myself that we can turn to God to calm us in the midst of, midst of the storm. I know there's been times when I've had kids raging the anger has been high. Um, it's just been overwhelming. I've sat down in the middle of a room with three teen girls and as they're just raging and arguments and nothing is working to calm them down, just sit and pray. And I pray, God, will you calm the storm? I know that so many of the things that they're angry about have been things that they've been carried around so long. And so just really calm them and help them. Um, calm the storm within them. So just crying out to the Lord, he can be there even in our troubles. And he can bring our kids out of their distress. He can bring us out of our distress and he can still the storm. Even if it's an emotional storm inside, 
he could still it to a whisper. So I just want to pray for you today. Um, Lord, so many of us are dealing with angry kids. Sometimes we're the ones that are, that are really struggling with anger and we don't know how to control it. I thank you for people like Janine who just shares information and resources with us to help us to calm the storm. And I pray that we will also be reminded, Lord, that we can always turn to you, that you are there and you know the troubles, you know what is causing all the angst and the pain inside us. And when we cry out to you in these troubles, that you can bring the, us out of our distress. I thank you, Lord, that you can still the storms and the waves of the sea, the waves of those emotions can be hushed when we turn to you. And I just, I pray that um, this episode will go out to those who need to hear it, who need to know how to train their kids to calm the storm. I thank you for everyone who's listening and I pray a blessing on them. Well, thank you, friend, for tuning in to Walk It Out Again. I'm so thankful for each of you. I'm so thankful that I'm able to share these resources, share these wonderful stories, these people that um, have impacted my life with all of you. If you have been encouraged today, I hope that you will share this episode. This is especially a good one to share with friends that maybe you just know that they have a kid that's struggling with anger. Um, this would be a great one to pass on. Just copy the link and share it in Facebook. Um, everything will be in the show notes. We'll have links to everything Janine has, um, and you could link over to that. So be sure to check those out. And again, those are at walkitoutpodcast.com. There's also more information there about the email series that I am doing, the little mini podcasts that talk about things that I taught in my book, Calming Angry Kids. And also in the show notes is my first chapter to Calming Angry Kids. So I hope you will be blessed and encouraged. Also, give some appreciation to my publisher, um, David C. Cook, who is the sponsor of this podcast. They're an amazing publisher, and all the proceeds of whatever they do go to send Christian literature around the world. So when you buy a copy of Calming Angry Kids, Walk It Out, or any of those books, part of that money that is made from those books go to take curriculum to churches and to schools and to homes all around the world in over 100 countries. So um, be sure to show some appreciation to them today. But mostly friends, I pray that this episode will be an encouragement and that you will use the tools that you learned today to help calm your kids. Have a wonderful week. Today's podcast was edited and produced by Author Media. Opening and closing music is from the song Wide Open Space by Life Worship, used with permission from Integrity Music.